For over 50 years, people have relied on Village Green Apothecary to give them individualized nutrition, pharmacy, and healthy living products. Village Green provides you with the kind of personalized help and attention that mass market pharmacies have long ago forgotten. You can depend on us for knowledge, experience, product selection, customer service, and a smile. Visit Village Green in Bethesda at 5415 West Cedar Lane or call us at 301-530-0800 or go to our website at myvillagegreen.com. We're here to help you. Good morning, everybody, and welcome to the Essentials of Healthy Living here on AM 1500 brought to you by the Village Green Apothecary. I am your host for today, Dr. Kevin Passero. Thank you all for tuning in. We're here every Sunday from 10 to 11 a.m. Don't forget to tune in next week. My wonderful co-host Dana Lake will be joining us. Been doing the show for eight, nine plus years now. We've got everything archived, available for you to stream as a podcast. I had a great time this morning coming in on my commute, listening to health-related podcasts. Of course, they weren't my own shows, but it's just a nice feature when you're driving around to learn more, elevate your information about health and wellness, the body, for people that are really interested. Just go to iTunes. It's the essentials of healthy living, and all of our previous shows will come up. We're sponsored by the Village Green Apothecary, located right in Bethesda, Maryland. They've been doing health and wellness in the area for over 40 years. They're a great resource for nutritional needs, supplements, uh, prescriptions, compounding pharmacy, pretty much anything that you could possibly want. I'm super excited for today's show because, I mean, I feel like after 10 years of doing the show, every week I have somebody on, we've covered the topic in some form or fashion. There's always a new spin on it because every single week we have a new personality who brings new light. But... Although we've touched on issues of genetics and epigenetics in previous shows, I don't think that I have personally interviewed anybody really super specific about this really hot topic that we discussed called methylation. Um, it's so incredibly popular now, super popularized since a test was developed for the genetic variant of the 5-methyl tetrahydrofolate gene, which is one of many genes in the body that... Uh, dictates our overall methylation status. And the 5-MTHFR gene um, is basically a... Um, that test became widely available, was picked up by some of the major labs, and insurance sort of decided to cover it, basically due to the work of the company who developed the lab to really integrate their way in. And it sort of started this firestorm about five or six years ago of everybody wanting to know what their genetic code was for that. Genetic variants are incredibly common in the population, especially in certain types of um, ethnic backgrounds. And we know that deficiencies or complications in this sort of enzyme, this MTHFR enzyme, can disrupt the methylation status in our body in, in certain pathways. And that can relate to very specific health concerns and clinical outcomes. And it really has just started a whole subculture or a whole like sub movement in the integrative functional medicine naturopathic community of looking at methylation. And, and you know, it, it varies from some people believing that methylation plays a little role in your health and other people believing that pretty much your entire health is dictated by your methylation status. Of course, you know, my opinion usually is that the truth lies somewhere in the middle and an important concept and an important idea and an important thing to look at. How do we understand it? How do we work with it? What kind of clinical outcomes does it result in? These are all very important questions that, you know, even I myself as a fairly well-educated provider related to these issues, I'm still learning about really day by day. So it's exciting to have a, an expert on the phone with us today who's going to help us understand this 
in a little bit more detail. Dr. Carol Fitzgerald completed postdoctorate training in nutritional biochemistry and laboratory science under the direction of Richard Lord, Ph.D., at Metamatrix Laboratory. She authored and edited case studies in integrative and functional medicine and was a contributing author to Laboratory Evaluations for Integrative and Functional Medicine which is the Institute for Functional Medicine's textbook for functional medicine, and co-authored the ebook The Methylation Diet and Lifestyle. She has been published in numerous peer-reviewed journals, blogs, and podcasts regularly for professionals and consumers at www.drkarafitzgerald.com. Dr. Fitzgerald is on faculty at the Institute of Functional Medicine, which is sort of the premier educational institution for training doctors in looking at more naturopathic and holistic approaches to dealing with health, and maintains a functional medicine practice in Sandy Hook, Connecticut. So, Dr. Fitzgerald, thank you for taking the time out of what I know is a very busy schedule for you to be with us today. Absolutely. It's a pleasure to be with you, and it was fun to chit-chat with you on the call, seeing, realizing we both graduated from National out in Oregon yep. just a couple of years um, before Apart. me. Yeah. So, yeah, yeah, I'm sure I saw you in the hall. Yep, <laughs> yeah, small community, so it's nice to, to touch base with people, you know, even 15 years after we, we walked those halls. So, you know, I mean, we're talking about methylation, and I think it's a huge buzzword, but like... <laughs> Sometimes I'll, I'll, you know, be talking with a patient, I'll be talking about, you know, methylation and, and some people really know about it and they just want to know, well, what is my methylation status? Other people just look at me with a completely blank face and just ask, well, what is it? You know, and like the, the, the whole idea of it is, is like, you know, it's like sort of a biochemical process of attaching a carbon group, but like, you know, what is methylation? Yeah. Like sort of pull back the, the, the curtain of mystery of like, what exactly is it? Let's understand the biochemistry of it a little bit, and then we'll get into why it's relevant to health. I know. It's such a black box. Even for those of us who say we quote-unquote get it. Yep. In fact, I might have a little caution around that, but let's talk about what it is fundamentally, and then we'll just dig in from there. Um, so it is. It's just the process of attaching and, and, and taking off a carbon, a carbon with three hydrogens. It's, you know, the, the, the simplest molecule in the body. And yet it's happening in all of our cells and all of the, you know, everywhere, all of the time. It's, a, it's, it's an incredibly fundamental and incredibly important process. So we are always making, so there's a compound your listeners are probably familiar with, S-adenosylmethionine or SAMe or SAM uh, for short. And, you know, we use it for various things, depression and so on and so forth. But anyway, this is, that SAM is the um, molecule that actually hangs on to that methyl group and you and 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 puts that methyl group on in different air different molecules all over the body all mm -hmm. of the time. So all the time we're making SAM, we're making this this universal methyl donor as it's called, and then we're spending SAM, we're we're donating that methyl group from SAM, and then recycling SAM all over again. And this is happening everywhere. Uh, so that's that's the fundamentals of, of, of methylation. Mm -hmm. And I would actually go on to say that because it's so incredibly far-reaching and so fundamental, when we think about uh, methylation clinically, you know, it's really kind of challenging to nail it down to, well, these are your symptoms if you're, quote, unquote, not methylating adequately or you're over-methylating. Mm -hmm. um, 
you know, the, the, the issues associated with methylation are just extremely far-reaching. So, uh, you know, some of we can think about um, we've seen methylation imbalances or there's science around methylation imbalances in autism and Alzheimer's disease and multiple sclerosis and other autoimmune conditions in Parkinson and thyroid and other, you know, in, in, in depression, depression, anxiety, mm-hmm. Exactly, that's right, and in you know, and in um, uh, healthy babies, like mm-hmm. in in Down syndrome, we see methylation, and so kind of on and on, fibromyalgia. So, so really, and even and hypertension, actually, for something that we encounter all of the time. So, in we want to be thinking about methylation with all of our patients, but the degree to which we are putting it front and center is going to vary, and and some of that will be based on patient's history, but it'll also be based on what we see in their labs and so forth. Yeah, it's it is a far the research is showing, you know, methylation is happening millions of times pretty much every second everywhere in the body, right? I mean, it's it's, it's occurring <laughs> right. it's occurring constantly yeah. everywhere, right? Yeah. And so and we're linking yeah. it to all these different, you know, presentations and conditions and some of them are, you know, these terrible manifestations of disease states that are, you know, the some of the worst disease states that somebody could have. And we're seeing some of these great implications of, of methylation. But, you know, the problem that I'm seeing in the community is that it's it, it's getting narrowed down sometimes to uh-huh. like one test or one issue or like a very specific thing that yeah. isn't really accounting for the methylation that's occurring everywhere in the body. Right. So understanding like how to take this broader concept of methylation and actually apply useful therapies for these conditions or disease states, there's a little bit of a disconnect there that I see in in the community of practicing doctors and what people are understanding as far as patients of like, okay, well, you know, I must have a methylation issue, so I have to take this grouping of vitamins. And it just, it doesn't always work out that way as, as far as what I've seen. So, yes. Yeah. So, I in mean, in fact, arguably more often than not, it just simply isn't reduced to that, you know, lowest common denominator. Correct. It's just which is much, much bigger. Yes. Mm-hmm. Much, much bigger. Now, the community gets really excited about the things that we can measure, which is there's, there's not that many methylation. I guess we're getting more and more, and I don't understand it all. I'm hoping you're going to share with us. I'm going to kind of keep my, 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 in, um, my misinformation out of it, you know, because that's probably what I have is some mis- misunderstandings and I'm going to let you be the expert. So how did you get really interested in sort of treating methylation? Well, you know, I think what we're going to have to do here, that's going to be the teaser, Dr. Fitzgerald, because I don't want to interrupt you right when you get into this. When we come back from the break, we're going to do a short intro here, that first segment, and then we're going to we're going to stretch things out in the next segment and really learn about how you use what you know, meth- a diet and lifestyle, because that is related mm-hmm. to your ebook, the methylation diet and mm-hmm. lifestyle, which to me is so much more interesting than just talking about take this these you know three vitamins that we know are useful for methylation. Let's look at it as a lifestyle, because if we're agreeing that we're having methylation reactions occurring millions of times every second all around the body, the idea that we're going to influence all of that with just a specific nutrient is relatively low. Let's talk about the lifestyle around it. So when we come back from the break, let's pick that up and really, really dig into this issue. This is Dr. Kevin Passero with the Essentials of Healthy Living here on AM 1500. 
Don't go anywhere. We're going to be right back after these words. Solgar Number no. 7 can help you feel the difference. Solgar Number no. 7 actually shows improvement in joint comfort within seven days. Now you can start to get back on track fast and pursue the activities you love. Solgar Number no. 7 is a breakthrough in joint care with no glucosamine and no chondroitin. The advanced bioactives in Solgar Number no. 7 help to increase flexibility, mobility, and range of motion within seven days. One capsule once a day is all you need. When stiff joints occasionally say no, Solgar Number no. 7 says yes. Solgar number seven, available at Village Green Apothecary. New from Garden of Life, Kind Organics Whole Food Multivitamins. They are the only USDA certified organic, non-GMO verified whole food multivitamins available. They're gluten-free, certified vegan, and feature a patent-pending clean tablet technology. Kind Organics is super clean, untreated, unadulterated, and real whole food. Kind Organics Multivitamins from Garden of Life. Be kind to your body and the earth. Kind Organics, now available at Village Green Apothecary and online at myvillagegreen.com. Are you under a lot of stress these days? Pressure from your job, personal life, politics. It can all take a serious toll on your health, but we can help. Village Green Apothecary can help you achieve a healthier lifestyle with our wide range of nutritional supplements, health-related books, and more. We've been providing customized nutrition and healthy living resources for over 50 years, and we'll take the time to advise you about your unique needs. Stop by Village Green Apothecary in Bethesda at 5415 West Cedar Lane or visit our website at myvillagegreen.com. Staying mentally sharp means nourishing the mind as well as the body. That's why there's new Cognisure from Metagenics. Research shows that the active natural ingredient in Cognisure supports multiple mechanisms necessary for maintaining healthy cognition and a healthy brain as it ages. Cognisure is also easy to take in delicious, chewable chocolate tablets. Have a clear and bright future by maintaining mental capacity capacity with healthy habits and Cognisure. Remember Cognisure for healthy brain aging support. Available through your healthcare professional and Village Green Apothecary. I'm Mark Isaacson, owner of Village Green Apothecary in Bethesda, the most unique pharmacy in the country. You are unique and at Village Green we treat you this way. At Village Green, our passion is personalization and getting the root cause of health conditions. Guidance on foods, nutrients, and pharmaceuticals to empower you with personalized recommendations just for you. For over 50 years, customers have depended on advice from our expert team of pharmacists and clinical nutritionists. Visit Village Green in Bethesda or online at myvillagegreen.com. Welcome back, everybody, to the Essentials of Healthy Living here on AM 1500, brought to you by the Village Green Apothecary. I am your host for today, Dr. Kevin Passero. Thank you all for tuning in. Today we're talking with Dr. Kara Fitzgerald, and we're discussing specifically methylation. In the last segment, you talked a little bit about methylation, exactly what it is, methyl donors. Um, you know, we talked about how methylation is occurring all over the body. Why don't you discuss with us, Dr. Fitzgerald, how you got interested as a clinician in looking at methylation more as a specific way of, of influencing and, and helping people express better overall health, and then how you got into looking at diet and lifestyle as a way of impacting methylation. Sure, absolutely. So, you know, I think one of the reasons that we as, you know, uh, functional naturopathic providers became so enamored of methylation and methylation biochemistry is because it's so nutrient-dense. 
this is where B12 is doing a lot of work and folate, um, you know, really most of our B vitamins, B2, B3, um, magnesium, potassium, even DHA, you know, from fish oil, um, betaine, myriad amino acids and so forth. So it's this nutrient-intense, dense process. Um, and, and, and so it was, it's very fitting that we would be, we would be enamored of it. And as you alluded to that, you know, we started to do some basic testing around it. We could look at genes and so forth. Of course, we can look at B12 status and B12 activity and folate. And, and we, you know, and we really started to kind of hammer these nutrients to people. So I, and, and, and I think that, you know, I agree that one thing that happened is we started to get a little bit myopic. Um, and even our patients, people coming to me, seeing, you know, having, having some understanding of what their genetics might be, would be overwhelmed that they've got this um, methylation defect or they overmethylate or they undermethylate and therefore they have to take all of these nutrients. And they would come to me, you know, exasperated and overwhelmed and really anxious that this was a deal breaker thing for them and they needed to do all of these corrective measures. And so part of my interest in focusing on methylation was that I, I, I just felt like our, our world needed some re-education. Like we had to zoom out. We were very microscopic and we needed to kind of go a little more telescopic, if you will. And, and so that was one piece that I was aware of, but I didn't, you know, I didn't, I definitely didn't set out to go and, you know, want to correct that story. I mean, I'm not, I would not consider myself a quote unquote methylation guru or anything like that. You know, I was doing that in my practice, but I started to become aware of the science of epigenetics. So once we mapped the genome, once we started to actually be able to look at our genes right behind that, uh, the science of epigenetics pushed forward. And that is where I would say my heart you know, lies and where this book was, what, why this book was born. Um, epigenetics are the, is the way that we can actually affect how our genes express. Uh, and it's, and, and arguably, depending on, you know, who you speak to, but there's a very key scientific players in the world who would say that epigenetics really trumps genetics. Mm-hmm. You know, we really, we can't do a heck of a lot about the genes we've got. And all of us have some methylation lesions in our genetics. I mean, we just all do. There's just, they're too far reaching not to. Um, so nobody quote unquote perfectly methylates, but the epigenetic expression is a big deal. And it turns out that methylation of the genetic material is massive, specifically DNA methylation. If you just Google that, or if you go into, you know, one of the scientific databases like PubMed and you and you, and you type in epigenetics or you type in DNA methylation, you'll get thousands and thousands and thousands of hits. New pieces of research are coming out in this hot area all the time. So what really struck me big was that, in fact, on the epigenome, uh, regions of hyper and hypomethylation were happening and very tightly associated with disease. So that got my attention. Um, are we influencing by giving all of these methylation donors to our patients or patients who go out and buy them, you know, lots of B12, lots of folate, et cetera, are we influencing epigenetic expression in a healthy way or are we promoting disease? And I really got anxious, and particularly with regard to cancer. Cancer is very well documented. Tumors are very well documented to take over methylation of the epigenome and 
cause hypermethylation, which actually turns off genetic expression, or hypomethylation. Now, in the case of hypermethylation, we have these amazing tumor suppressor genes. Uh, BRCA is this large, it's this large protein. It's called, a, it's a tumor suppressor gene, and we want that up and running and functioning well because it's going to turn off cancer. And there are a host of these tumor suppressor genes that are exquisitely important. And if they're hypermethylated and turned off, they are not able to do their job. Likewise, there are oncogenes that when turned on will promote cancer. And these tumors, these nefarious tumors, are able to allow these oncogenes to be expressed. So they hypomethylate the region of the genome and allow these oncogenes to be turned on, and this is part of the cancer uh, mechanism. It's a extremely fundamental part. So we can look in a tumor and see these hyperregions and we can see these hyporegions. And then if we zoom out, actually before I zoom out, let me say that there's act there's active research going on all the time on uh chemotherapeutic agents that demethylate. So that's how fundamental it is. I mean, there's active research there and there are demethylating agents that are being used now and a brilliant epigeneticist, Moshe Seff, calls them, quote, you know, very dirty. In other words, they'll demethylate all over the place. Remember mm-hmm. that methylation is happening in every cell of the body all of the time. So when you have this, like, global demethylation, there's horrible, horrible side effects associated with it. Mm-hmm. And I'll talk about, you know, what, what we might think about in our world. So... Um, it's a big deal. It's important. I started to come across this research, and I felt as a clinician that I was remiss not to begin to think about, you know, am I giving people too many uh, methyl donors? Is that folate dose too, too high, or is it going on for too long? Is that B12 too much? So I started to just ask myself these very fundamental questions. And then as I did that, I began to look at, well, what about food-based uh, methyl donors. And if you look in the science, you'll see that food, and particularly this is best researched with regard to folate-rich foods, not fortified grains where we put folic acid, but if you look at greens, if you look at liver, if you look at all of these beautiful foods that, you know, fruits and veggies and so forth, which are, 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 are methyl donor-rich, there's no association with them promoting cancer. So that was so. There was a series of aha moments, and I just want to stop to see if you want to, you know, ask me or clarify anything. But you know, my own sort of, uh, uh, you know, compass as a physician and my care for my patients just prompted me to reevaluate and rethink. And there is some data out there. Well, it's there's massive amounts, and it's very interesting, and it's emerging all the time. But we can influence methylation of the epigenome through through nutrients and through supplements. And so, mm-hmm. you know, it just, it just, it, it prompted me to do, to do a pretty serious pause. And with my nutritionist, my brilliant um, partner, Romilly Hodges, we, be, we began to build out this whole new program. But let me just kind of take a second for you to interject if you need to. I don't think I do. I'm just listening and, in, <laughs> and enjoying. I, I mean, I, I think that it's, it's interesting. It, it is. It's which, powerful. What, yeah. What you point out is that, you know, at the same time, there are like there are genes that, you know, are advantageous if they're if, you know, they need to be over methylated to, let's say, mm-hmm. be turned off or under methylated mm-hmm. to be turned on. So it's like this balance mm-hmm. where it's not mm-hmm. this stagnant idea where you need more mm-hmm. methylation or less methylation. There may be benefits to, to either because 
you know, genes need to be turned on and turned off and you need different states yeah. of methylation to, to do that. So it's like, yes. you know, looking at this whole I- idea, it all needs to be happening in a very sort of dynamic way. So I, I, mm-hmm. I hear what you're saying. That's to, exactly right. Mm-hmm. That's exactly right. And we really, and you know, one of the other aha, aha experiences I had was that, you know what, we need to allow body wisdom here. You yeah. know, we need to back up. Yeah. And if we push reactions, we know we can do that with nutrients. We can prescribe a really aggressive nutrient protocol and know that we can change, you know, the the, the metabolic journey of the body when we do that. We know that. That's been demonstrated time immemorial. And so, you know, are we pushing these? Are we manipulating what's happening at the level of the epigenome too much? And do we need to actually back up, you know, pause for a minute, put in the right ingredients nutritionally and let the body wisdom make the decision points. I mean, that was a big, big uh, moment for me. And I want to add, too, that, you know, one of the amazingly interesting things about the epigenome is that it's heritable. So my epi, you know, if I was uh, pregnant now or, or, or getting ready to conceive, what's going on in my epigenome and the epigenome of my partner um, is going to be passed down in certain areas. It's going to absolutely be passed down. It's like a rapid genetic mutation. I mean, it's really turning, what, turning around what we know. And we see this. I mean, there's interesting studies out there. In fact, there was a paper that was just released, you know, within the last couple of weeks looking at um, the Dutch hunger winter, and people can actually Google it and read about the Dutch hunger winter. I'm sure some of your listeners know about it. It's fascinating. So this was an area in the Netherlands that was shut off from food during World War II, so the Germans shut off access. And the, the women that were pregnant, especially those in their first trimester, and they were starving, gave birth to babies who in their adulthood had issues with cardiometabolic disease, um, depression, diabetes, obesity. So, and they, and they just published, they've been tracking this for decades, since World War II, they've been tracking this carefully, but they just published a study demonstrating that it was changes to the epigenome, specifically looking at methylation, and that those changes, that predisposition to diabetes, obesity, et cetera, was actually with the altered epigenetics in those early in those offspring, and those offspring in turn passed it down to their offspring. So there was this generational impact, and it has to do again with 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 methylation. And so um, it's fascinating. So and the yeah. other piece. So I want to say we're looking at this heritability component, but we're also changing our methylation, just as you pointed out actively in our body all of the time. And so, you know, the hair, you know, when we, when our cells divide, you know, is the methylation passing down, you know, in those, in those new cells, you know, as ideal and, and, and healthy as possible. Yeah. And so it, these, all these questions were, you know, swirling and continue to swirl around in me. Mm-hmm. It's, it is absolutely fascinating. I mean, we have our, this idea of our genetics as being our genes that we in, inherit, but as you're pointing out, it's this methylation process, and we've talked about it on the show before, they're almost like bookmarks that are put in the gene that oftentimes happen. When you're in utero is when a lot of these bookmarks are, are placed, and that will affect how your genes are expressed for the rest of your life, which is why 
you know, twin studies can show very different outcomes for people that have genetic identical genetics based on this epigenome or basically these bookmarks, which are are really put in by methylation about how those different genes are going to be expressed over the course of that person's lifetime. And some of them are set when we are in utero and developing, as you just you know pointed out and seen. And we've seen that in animal studies and animal models, nutrient deficient you know cats up to seven generations later, there's still health problems in their offspring because of nutrient deficiencies that were established during their pregnancy. But then also everything that we do on a day-to-day basis, our exposure to toxins, our levels of stress, our sleep hygiene, um, our nutrient deficiencies or nutrient excesses, all of these things can either you know promote an optimal balance of methylation because our body wisdom knows really which genes it wants to suppress and which genes it should elevate, right? But in all these different things of lifestyle that you see create these markers of health and longevity really are oftentimes acting on this process of epigenetics and and how our genes are expressed. And that's how, you know, one of my favorite doctors that I interview on the show always says, you know, health is the favorable expression of our genome and disease is the unfavorable expression of our genome. And that basically really really touches on this aspect of, of epigenetics. So when we come back from the break, Dr. Fitzgerald, can we talk a little bit about like some of the different factors in our lifestyle that influence methylation yep. and the methylation diet and really just sort of apply this in a, in a much more practical way? So uh, don't mm-hmm. go anywhere. This is Dr. Kevin Passero with the Essentials of Healthy Living, and we're going to be back right after these words. Mega Food Premium Whole Food Supplements are the only supplements crafted from scratch with farm-fresh whole foods to deliver nourishment the way nature intended. Mega Food believes Mother Nature knows best. They select only fresh whole food, harvested at the peak of ripeness, handle it gently and with care to deliver its vital essence to you in every bottle. Mega Food, from farm to tablet. Our name is our promise. For more information, visit us online at megafood.com. Zymogen is pleased to announce the arrival of Fit Food, a delicious, high-quality, functional food that's formulated to support weight management, healthy body composition, glycemic management, cardiovascular and immune health, and more. Each delicious serving of Fit Food contains 21 grams of pure New Zealand-sourced bioactive whey protein, 6 grams of fiber-immune-supporting oat beta-glucan, and additional glutamine, glycine, taurine, and MC. CTs. Fit Food provides holistic support for today's active body. Learn more at Zymogen.com. Available now through your healthcare professional and Village Green Apothecary. All over the world, people are beginning to discover fish oil is one of the best secrets for unlocking great health. Thousands of studies have shown the amazing effects of these powerful omega-3s for heart health. Plus, fish oils have even been shown to balance moods and lessen anxiety. With exceptional taste, unrivaled freshness, and unsurpassed purity, Nordic Naturals is the easy way to get your omega-3s every day. To learn more, visit Village Green Apothecary or visit NordicNaturals.com. Nordic Naturals, committed to the planet, committed to pure and great-tasting omega oils. The brain requires nutrition just like the rest of the body. And this is where Gero Formula's Neuro Optimizer comes to the rescue. Neuro Optimizer is a concentrated source of nutrients needed for memory, mood, concentration, and focus. Neuro Optimizer supplies the building blocks for neurotransmitters, the chemicals that allow cells in the brain to communicate and to file away memories. Neuro Optimizer is the nutritional answer to the brain's needs. To learn more about formulas, visit Gero.com. Gero Formulas, available at Village Green Apocalypse. 
Hi, I'm Gail Isaacson, owner of Village Green Apothecary, where we've been specializing in meeting your unique health care needs for over 50 years. Our passion is helping you to get to your root cause of health conditions. At Village Green Apothecary, our expert team of pharmacists and clinical nutritionists offer guidance on diet, nutrients, and pharmaceuticals to empower you with personalized recommendations just for you. Plus, we offer lab testing and nutritional consultations to optimize your health plan. Visit Village Green Apothecary in Bethesda or online at myvillagegreen.com. Welcome back, everybody, to the Essentials of Healthy Living here on AM 1500, brought to you by the Village Green Apothecary. I am your host for today, Dr. Kevin Passero. Thank you all for tuning in. We're talking with Dr. Kara Fitzgerald, and we're discussing the the concept of methylation. And what I love about the conversation that we're having is it's really, um, it fits what I see logically related to methylation because it's almost a little bit disruptive to some of the common themes that are perpetuated about methylation and the testing that's available and what everybody should be doing and the common concerns that most of the public and most people keep bringing to the forefront. And for me, something about it hasn't quite made total sense because I haven't believed that all of the information is available to really understand that. While there are some utilities and usefulness to what we're seeing in clinical practice, I believe more education and more knowledge really needs to come to light before we fully understand the implications of what we're doing and trying to manipulate methylation. And I think that is sort of where Dr. Fitzgerald has been going and taking what is a more body-wise approach, looking at diet and lifestyle approaches into understanding it. So thank you for uh-huh. bringing this conversation to to light. I really do appreciate it. So, um, you know, we talked about epigenetic method. I don't know. I mean, where do you want to pick off? I'm going to let you decide where we want to where we want to pick up from last. Last, last segment. Well, I, first of all, I have to say that I really appreciate your keen summarization of these really complex co- concepts. I mean, I'm so impressed um, because I've been thinking about this for a while, and you've <laughs> just really languaged it in a lovely way. Um, so I want to I want to back up and say because there are probably people who are listening who are taking a lot of B vitamins and feeling really anxious. You know, oh my gosh, what am I doing? Mm-hmm. And you'll probably get calls to your practice. Like, you know, I, I, I do sometimes when people will listen to me podcast or, you know, and, and, and I want to say that I absolutely still use B vitamins in practice. I prescribe them all of the time. What's changed for me is that I uh, may be more modest with my dosing or I'll have a really much clearer endpoint and I will concurrently work on the methylation diet and lifestyle. I prescribe that all of the time. And so that's what we're going to talk about. So if you're taking B complex, if you're taking high-dose B12 or folate, I think there's a reason to have a talk with your provider uh, and think about it and think about if you really need it, Um, but I also don't want you to feel anxious Mm -hmm. because the reality is we're new on this journey, we're new on this thing, our our, our thinking here, and um, you know, and I, and and no time like the present for us to be expanding our, our, our vision around it. So, as I, you know, as I mentioned earlier, there are plenty of folate, B12, there are plenty of methyl donor-rich foods that we can load our patients up on, and I think that that's uh, the safest way to go. So that's a piece of the puzzle there, a methyl donor-rich diet, and that's a cornerstone of the methylation diet and lifestyle. Uh, and we get pretty intense with that. I'm actually eating the diet right now. We're doing a research study, and I'm sort of tagging along with people. I'm not actually in the study myself, but I'm you know one of the principal investigators, and so I'm making my methylation foods every day. And <laughs> mm-hmm. it's a lot of it's a lot of veggies that I'm consuming. Um, so that's a piece of it. But we, you know, as I got into the literature, as we, you know, we realized, as you pointed out earlier, that all of these other 
factors influence methylation? I mean, in fact, the question might be more appropriately, what doesn't? Yeah. So, for instance, when we looked at exercise, exercise without question influences epigenetic methylation. There's loads of, there, there, are, there are loads of study, studies on it, many in animals, but there are plenty of studies in humans. And one of our take-homes was that a balanced exercise program is actually the best. There can be inappropriate methylation or methylation imbalances associated with, with too intense or pushing yourself to exercise beyond where you are health-wise. Uh, but when we looked at these balances, there seems to be a whole lot of favorable changes with regard to, to exercise. So that was, that's part of our program, uh, balanced, you know, healthy exercise for where you're at physically, big piece. And then we also looked at the stress component. Again, in animals and in humans, I want to underscore that, uh, stress will absolutely influence epigenetic expression. You know, or even going back to, um, you know, when you were a baby, you know, were you, were you raised in a household as, as many of us were, you know, where there was a lot of anxiety and stress? Were there financial difficulties? Was mom really depressed? Uh, was mom very anxious? I mean, and, 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 and that will influence baby's epigenetic patterning and actually alter how the response stress. So there's a lower stress threshold or a chance to get more stressed out, you know, given certain life exposures. Or even later on in life, if you have really stressful experiences, you can alter epigenetic expression. And that's been shown, again, in humans and in animals. So stress, exercise, sleep, really interesting research on sleep uh, in impacting epigenetic expression in uh, an unfavorable way when there's sleep deprivation. And not like years sleep deprivation or even days long. In one interesting animal study, just one bad night of sleep altered in the, in, 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 it was a mouse model, altered their um, neuroplasticity, the epigenetics regulation of, of, of neuroplasticity for a long time. So not just, not, and, and even after they caught up on sleep, it had a, it had a lasting impact. So it really argues for, um, you know, sleep hygiene. Mm-hmm. Uh, and, and then again, of course, we know that nutrients are uh, a big factor in it. And um, toxin exposures, as you mentioned earlier, toxins will absolutely alter epigenetic expression um, negatively. Mm-hmm. So some of the so the the the, the foundation of, of of integrative functional naturopathic medicine is um, really really firmly validated I think in epigenetics and it only will continue to be. Now I want to circle back and talk about how, what we addressed in the beginning, where there's this active hyper hypomethylation picture that we want genes on and off all of the time, and where do we do you know what do we do with that? Uh, Fascinatingly, amazingly, it turns out there there are a number of foods which actually seem to have this balancing capacity. Um, they can they can support increased methylation. They can inhibit methylation as well. Um, and we are we actually a friend of mine, Dr. Michael Stone, who's also on faculty at IFM. When I was dialoguing with him about it, he came up with the term methylation adaptogens. And I and it, and and for me, it's just perfect mm-hmm. because it just captures this idea of regulating it in a much more sophisticated and sort of subtle way. Now, players that we know have this adaptogenic property include. You know, my, the beloved curcumin that we're using so much mm-hmm. in our therapy, turmeric has this, this potential. Um, genistein, one of the major isoflavones in soy, 
genistein. And there's really interesting research if, if anybody wants to look at the work of Randy Jurdle and just, you know, look at the, uh, in fact, I podcasted with him. If people circle over to my website, it's not published yet, but it will be later this year, and learn about what he's done because I think he's en route to a, to a Nobel, quite frankly, for the work he's done in, in epigenetics. Uh, but he looked at genistein and then uh, um, EGCG, so that beautiful poly, polyflavone, excuse me, isoflavone, excuse me, polyphenol. Po- polyphenol <laughs> in green tea. <laughs> Mm-hmm. <laughs> yes. Yeah. Again, it has these gorgeous epigenetic properties. And so we can look at other compounds, blueberries. In fact, dark berries of, of, of all stripes have this epigenetic um, adaptogenic uh, capability. Colorful fruits, um, colorful vegetables all seem to be able to do this. The mm-hmm. luteolin or lutein in tomatoes. So Again, it just circles us back to having to really needing this whole foods uh, varied diet and really focusing on these important um, plant nutrients to help regulate expression. So this is above and beyond just methyl donors. This is mixing in these methylation adaptogens, and that's again a big piece of what we're doing in our methylation diet and lifestyle. And it it makes so much sense. I mean, we learn a little bit about some of these things and we learn that a nutrient is good. And because we have the ability to isolate that nutrient and give it as a vitamin or a mineral, you know, we run with it because that is sort of the paradigm in which the whole medical community has been built on. And even doctors that operate in the functional medicine space and naturopathic and integrative, we're still sort of as a culture kind of stuck in that mindset. And we ignore some of the simple things like uh, blueberries just seem too simple. It's so much more exciting to buy a fancy vitamin that costs a lot of money, that's got a great label on it, that's, you know, from something or other. And taking that, it feels so much more meaningful, like we're doing something more than it would be to eat blueberries. But we forget that every plant that we eat, it's not just like a dead vitamin that was made in a lab. It has its own genetic mix, its own epigenetic expression. It has its own life force to it. And it's something that honestly, our bodies have adapted to over millions and millions of years. And so it's not surprising that something that complex, so much more complex than a dead vitamin that was synthesized in a lab can have these amazing, far-reaching sort of regulating effects on the body and not just push a pathway in one direction or another. It's it's that wisdom, basically, mm-hmm. of nature that, you know, our entire profession is founded on, that there is this body wisdom and there is a, a plant wisdom as well. You yes. know, I mean, it, it's, yes. it's, you know, just watch the documentary, The Secret Life of Plants, and you'll be blown away by scientists mm-hmm. that don't understand how certain types of plants can act like they have a central nervous system in the brain, even though they don't. Um, you know, we don't really fully understand it and, and it, it just makes sense and it speaks volumes to taking a concept that we're just learning about and excited about and potentially doing things preemptively before we understand it all without really understanding the full implications of, of benefit and on the other side of that coin, coin potential harm. And as you talked about, when we look at things that are really coming from nature, diet and lifestyle factors, it makes sense. And the research is there. We know that eating these dark leafy greens, these high polyphenol rich compounds, high antioxidant compounds, eating the color of the rainbow, every single research study that you look at related to cancer, heart disease, diabetes, all of the chronic diseases that were plagued today, it basically clearly states that these lifestyle changes in these diets reduce the risk of all of those things. 
Yeah, and I think what's beautiful is that there are food foods and food groups and lifestyle um, behaviors that we can adopt that can really lean on optimal expression. It's just so, so exciting. But I want to back up and say I did my laboratory training in, you know, under the direction of a nutritional biochemist, and I was incredibly thrilled as a new physician when I was in my training to use high-dose you know, uh, uh, vitamins and mineral combinations to push mm-hmm. pathways. I was enamored of Bruce mm-hmm. Ames, you know, a PhD, one of the one of the founding fathers of our field, who looked at you know these reactions and manipulating the rate of reactions by giving really high doses. I mean, I was fully, fully mm-hmm. enamored of that camp. You know, we were measuring all of these uh, 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 biomarkers, these analytes in the lab, and I could see. We could change things around with new. So I was definitely of the camp. You know, let's use these really high doses and push push reactions. And it was really a own evolution as a as a clinician and as a, a thinker that I you know backed up and backed up. I mean, I knew the obviously I'm an ND by training, so I knew how, you know how important food is and lifestyle is. But it just really hit it home, you know, for me in a fundamental genetic and epigenetic level as I as I read the new uh, research pouring out. You know, the other areas that I want to talk about, because, again, they're so, so, so important in healthy epigenetic expression, is the gut microbiome and gut health. Now, gut health obviously would be huge just because it's going to be where you liberate your nutrients and you absorb them and so on and so forth. But it turns out that the microbiome is not surprisingly a major player in generating compounds that regulate epigenetic expression and, you know, again, dictating whether we're doing it healthy or not. And the other area that's important that you're listeners um, have probably heard of before is our, our, our mitochondria. So these energy, the, the, the powerhouses of our cells, where we're making our ATP, our energy currency. Turns out uh, mitochondria have their own um, DNA methyltransferases, the enzymes that are involved in regulating epigenetic expression vis-a-vis methylation. So they have their own group of enzymes doing this right in the mitochondria. And it turns out that healthy, good-functioning mitochondria are making loads of uh, cofactors, players involved in methylation. So we need good mitochondrial health and we need good um, gut health and a nice, varied gut microbiome. So thinking again about you know, probiotics could be considered here, but certainly diet, all mm-hmm. of the foods that, that, that influence our microbiome and is, you know, and fermented foods and, and, and so forth. Yeah, well, I mean, it, it comes down to the same, same concept that we just discussed. You know, yes, probiotics are a way of supporting the health of the microbiome, but we know an even more powerful way is the foods. And all the foods that you mentioned that are methylation regulators are also the foods that are absolutely key for being the the healthiest foods for supporting an optimal gut biome. So, I mean, it, it all tends to circle back around. It seems to be the more we know and the more we learn and the more research that's out there, the more it comes back to just some of the simple fundamental things that we've known for a very long time. It's just nice to be able to validate them very well with science and research. Yeah, it really is. Mm-hmm. So, all right, this let's is, take... This yeah, is, go ahead. Yeah, well, I was just going to say it is. It's indeed how we evolved. Yeah. It's beautiful. I mean, we're really kind of unraveling the symphony of, of who we are and our, mm-hmm. our interactions with nature and... Um, and again, allowing body wisdom to make these decisions, putting the right ingredients in the mix, and then allowing the body wisdom to do the job. It's just, it's a lovely and validating thing. 
Yeah, and I think what's interesting for people is to get this idea out of you know today's show and understanding that you know hyper and hypomethylation, as you talked about, is occurring at all times, and more important than always pushing a pathway is creating a good degree of regulation, and that's you know I think it's really. Um, a great thing to look at this whole concept of a methylation diet and lifestyle because we know if anything has the potential to be regulatory, it is food. So when we come back from the break, Dr. Fitzgerald, let's talk a little bit more. Maybe you can give us some examples, case examples about using the sort of methylation diet and lifestyle principles, um, you know, in in real life and let us know kind of what you've Mm -hmm. seen clinically and and what we can apply so people can have some actual take-home scenarios that, that will pique their interest. So this is Dr. Kevin Passero with The Essentials of Healthy Living here on AM 1500, and we're going to be back right after these words. Solgar number seven can help you feel the difference. Solgar number seven actually shows improvement in joint comfort within seven days. Now you can start to get back on track fast and pursue the activities you love. Solgar number seven is a breakthrough in joint care with no glucosamine and no chondroitin. The advanced bioactives in Solgar number seven help to increase flexibility, mobility, and range of motion within seven days. One capsule once a day is all you need. When stiff joints occasionally say no, Solgar number seven says yes. Solgar number seven. Available at Village Green Apothecary. New from Garden of Life, Kind Organics Multivitamins. That's right, certified organic. Made with the highest quality standards. Uncooked, untreated, unadulterated. Non-GMO certified, vegan, and gluten-free. Kind Organics Multivitamins from Garden of Life. Be kind to your body and the earth. Kind Organics. Now available at Village Green Apothecary and online at myvillagegreen.com. Ah, the joy of commuting in Washington. Whether you work on the hill or outside the beltway, you know how stressful it is to get around. Stress can take a serious toll on your health, and Village Green Apothecary can help. We offer over 10,000 healthy living products, including top-quality nutritional supplements, herbal remedies, and more. Our nutritionists and pharmacists offer a personalized approach to help you with your health needs. Stop by Village Green Apothecary in Bethesda at 5415 West Cedar Lane or visit our website at myvillagegreen.com. Some things are hard to stomach, and life doesn't stop for occasional immune challenges or intestinal distress. ProBalarti from Metagenics offers a new targeted probiotic approach for intestinal support. Help maintain control while traveling or as a follow-up to antibiotic therapy to support intestinal flora for healthy intestinal function. ProBalarti provides ID-certified probiotic strains suggested by research to enhance certain aspects of immune function in addition to promoting a healthy balance of intestinal microflora. ProBalarti is the go-to probiotic for patients on the go. Get it today. Available through your healthcare professional and Village Green Apothecary. Have you ever wondered why the cold and flu season occurs in the fall and winter months? One theory is because of a decrease in sun exposure, our bodies don't make enough vitamin D, which is essential to proper immune function. That's why medical experts recommend supplementing with vitamin D. Thorne Research's vitamin D products are made from pure vitamin D with no preservatives or unnecessary ingredients added. Support your immune system with Thorne's vitamin D1000 and D5000. These and other immune-supporting formulas are always available at Village Green. Welcome back, everybody, to the Essentials of Healthy Living here on AM1500, brought to you by the Village Green Apothecary. I am your host for today, Dr. Kevin Passero. Thank you all for tuning in. We've had a really interesting conversation with Dr. Kara Fitzgerald about methylation and discussing um, her new ebook, The Methylation Diet and Lifestyle. I'm assuming you can learn more about that ebook by going to her website, which is drkara, K A R A, Fitzgerald.com. 
Um, and I'm sure she's got lots of other great information there as well. So, um, Dr. Fitzgerald, in this last segment, let's talk about like actually applying the methylation diet and lifestyle, some case examples, and maybe you can tell us a little bit about the exciting research study that you have going on. Absolutely. Um, incidentally, yes, there is some nice free content over on the site. In fact, the methylation adaptogens that I just talked about, we've got a pretty neat handout. We've got um, loads of recipes, what, we, what we're calling methylation approved, uh, and you can, look at, you can search on there. So there are lots of free content, but if you want to jump in and get the book, you can. We also have a cookbook, every, what, we're call, what we're calling Everyday um, MDL or Everyday Methylation, so things that you can do all of the time in your life, just incorporate good habits in. And then the, the e-book that you're referring to has what we call our methylation intensive program. So okay. If you really want to focus Great. on it full on, you Great. can do that. Um, so in practice, I'm using it all the time. I mean, as we started our conversation, uh, uh, methylation is happening in every cell, all of the body, all of the time. And so all of us arguably need to be thinking about it. In fact, let me just add that there's fascinating research on aging and genetic methylation, right? No surprise there. In fact, there's a whole epigenetic clock, which we'll be looking at in our research study, seeing whether or not what we're doing, can it, and our study is eight weeks long, so can we actually support turning back the hands of time? Amazingly, the epigenetic clock is one of the most reliable tools for measuring aging, mm-hmm. um, and it does appear like it can have some influence, you know, or be negatively influenced by diet and lifestyle. So we're just so excited to jump in, and we'll be looking at some of those tumor suppressor genes and, and the, the oncogenes. We'll just be looking at all sorts of stuff in the study, so it will be fun. But how am I using it in practice. So I'm, everybody in my practice, as we transition them into a healthy lifestyle, we're thinking about using metho- the components of the methylation diet and lifestyle. I think one of the nice things about it is that it can be, these principles can be layered into any diet we're prescribing. So I've got loads of allergy patients because I, I, I lecture on allergic disease for IFM, and so I end up, end up with a lot of patients in my practice with allergies who are on really restricted diets, and we can layer in methylation principles for them. Um, we can layer it in in somebody who's got small intestinal bacterial overgrowth where we're prescribing a FODMAP or a a specific carbohydrate diet. So any kind of diet that we're doing, um, we can layer in the principles. But there are also people for whom we want to put them only on a methylation diet and we want to turn the volume up. Now, the methylation-intensive diet is lower glycemic slash lower carbohydrate. Turns out that that is really helpful for healthy methylation. In fact, if you've talked about ketones at all or the ketogenic diet, having a little bit of, of ketones in the urine or ketosis is also helpful. Uh, so, we, so, it's, so if we're putting somebody on it, that's one of the foundational principles. They're getting lots of veggies. If they're willing to eat liver, that's in there. We love them to eat eggs if they can handle eggs because choline is a major methylation favorite food. Um, it's gluten-free. We keep it dairy. We, well, we, it doesn't need to be dairy-free, but we, for our intensive program, we, have, we, we pull dairy out. Um, it's a great, great, great program for people who need methylation support but can't tolerate methylation donors. Mm. Uh, there's plenty of those folks around. Yep. So the B12 intolerant patient or the folate intolerant patient, um, this is the way to go. And, and one of the really nice things is um, not only is it healthy in so many ways and people notice increased energy and less, you know, less 
symptomatology. Um, I'm thinking of one gentleman in particular who um, who has uh, Sjogren's, mm-hmm. and so not you know dry eyes you know, uh, dry mouth, but also really, really horrible joint pain and B12 um, and folate. In fact, even vitamin D were absolutely intolerant to him. His homocysteine, which is a marker of methylation, a fundamental marker of methylation status, was always high. Mm -hmm. So an elevated homocysteine is associated with poor methylation. In fact, it's even associated with poor epigenetic methylation. So he had all of the hallmarks of being profoundly methylation imbalanced, and yet we couldn't treat him with our arsenal of methyl donors because they would flare his pain and so forth. So we put him on the methylation diet, and we used the lifestyle components, and he responded fabulously, and we were able to track his homocysteine you know, going down, down, down as he, as he kept up with the principles. And when he, he wavered, <laughs> we saw, meth- we, we, you know, we saw imbalances spring up. We saw his homocysteine rise. We saw his symptoms return. So he's, 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 a, he's one of our early patients and super classic in being um, sort of textbook outcome for what we wanted to see. So everybody in our practice receives components, and we do, tr- and we track methylation carefully, and routinely we see improvements. This, of course, is you know kind of anecdotal. It's what I'm observing in clinical practice, and so we immediately started talking about wanting to research it, um, researching, actually testing the epigenome, evaluating that isn't available to us clinicians. It's just not there. And so we were a little disheartened, and, and so we, we started to scramble to see if, if we could get the money donated to actually measure the epigenome. Um, and by, there's, there's, there's tests out there in the research setting. And um, lo and behold, Metagenics sponsored us. And they're not running the study or controlling the study, but they're as excited about this as we are and um, are supporting us in in looking at it. So we will be measuring the epigenome at the start. Um, We'll be on, we're recruiting our patients right now, and then we'll be measuring the epigenome at the at the end of the study, we'll also be looking at homocysteine, S-adenosylmethionine, or SAMe. We'll be looking at different amino acids. We'll be looking at folate status, and we'll be looking at all sorts of stuff, and we'll be tracking how they feel at, at the start of the study and midway and at the end. And just we'll, we're, we're going to have loads and loads of data that we'll be analyzing and thinking about for years to come, I'm sure. But it's just I'm extremely excited to actually put the, you know, allow the rubber to meet the road and say, okay, are we doing what we think we're doing? Mm-hmm. It's really exciting and very cool and really the first uh, model and study model of, of that kind. So I applaud you for reaching out there and getting the funding and getting it done. Dr. Fitzgerald, we're out of time. Thank you so much for being with us today and sharing all of your wisdom and insights. If you want to learn more, you can visit her website at www.drkarafitzgerald.com. You can find her ebook there, and I'm sure she'll be sending out notifications or posting notifications when the results of the study are done as well. I'll be checking it regularly to look at that data because I'm sure it will start to influence and shape the clinical practice that we all have and information that we all need. So thank you again, Dr. Fitzgerald. Really appreciate you being on with us today. Yeah, absolutely. My pleasure. Thanks for having me. All right, everybody. This is Dr. Kevin Passero signing out and wishing you all the best of health until next time. Take care. Bye-bye.
Did you know at Village Green Apothecary, we offer everyday savings on top quality nutritional supplements, including herbs and homeopathic remedies, plus personal care products and more. That's right. In addition to our big sales events, you can save up to 20% on most everything you need for a healthier lifestyle. Today and every day at Village Green, we care about our customers. We've been providing the best nutrition and healthy living products for over 50 years. Stop by Village Green Apothecary in Bethesda at 5415. West Cedar Lane or visit our website at myvillagegreen.com.